Hey Creepsters, it's Casey from Kansas, a part of your Creepinati squad. I hope you have a spooktacular day wherever you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks podcast with Donna and Carrie, our ghoul friends. Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 94. Are you looking to score? Oh, God. I mean, yes. <laughs> Who's out there? Single? Mingling? Over here? I don't know. It was a good one. It was. I thought so. It had been a while since we had rhymed. And you did rhyme. I can rhyme these numbers. We should move on. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awkward. Okay, 94 episodes of these in, and I'm still awkward as fuck. Okay. I don't know why, but KCM likes us. You know, she introed. She said we were her ghoul friends, so there's that. I mean, at least somebody likes us. I mean, yeah. Why are we awkward? I'm awkward. I mean, you're always awkward. I'm always awkward, but we're not usually awkward together. Ugh. Is this our, You know what it is? You know what it is? It's because we had, like, recorded some sinister sightings like ahead of time mm-hmm. because of me being out of town for two weekends. Yeah. And so this is the first one we've done in like two weeks. True. We're just like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> well, y'all heard KCM and Obvi, she did an amazing job. And if you want to do one too, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Check out the tiers. See what you want to do. All right. Let's jump right in from this, you know, awkwardness. The first one says... This one, sadly, doesn't have an end. Yet. So, my gram was sick for a while and was finally ready to let go. We lost her just a few weeks ago, and she came to me in a dream. I was in her house, and she was standing in the hallway, and I'm cleaning stuff out, and she says, check the closet. So, I go, okay, Gigi, but where? And she goes, in that closet there. So I go, okay, but what am I supposed to be looking for? She looks right at me and says, Kirst, you'll know when you find it. Well, we've yet to clean anything out, but my sisters have gone through it since I told them about the dream, but haven't been able to find it. They live at the house. So once we start cleaning it out, I guess I'll let you know what she's been trying to get me to find. Also, my mom had a dream about a closet in her house and didn't know each other had the dream until my sisters told me. So here's to happy hunting, Kirstina. Oh my gosh, I would be over there right now trying to find out what that was. Also though, I don't know if I would have told anybody. I think I would have just gone. Well, I would have told you and Tiffany. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying like, also I'd have been like, I don't know, though. I really do trust my sisters, you know? Yeah. So I probably would have told them, actually. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, was it a secret that she wanted you to find? Do you know your sisters didn't find it and are keeping whatever it oh, was? Oh, shit. But they probably wouldn't even know what to look for, though, because she was like, you'll know it when you see it. True. So it might just be something that you're going to figure out. And it might be like an answer to a question you've had or something. I don't know, but see, I'm just too nosy. Me I'm too. like, drop everything, gotta go. Right. 
I mean, it's in one closet. You know, you could go, you could go take two hours on a Saturday afternoon. Go over there. <laughs> send us an email. Message us on Facebook. Don't send us an email. Look, go straight to the source. Send us an email. I mean, message us on Facebook. Go straight to the source. Get, get us information. I got to know. Right? Yes. Okay, this one's titled Feeling Bombed. Hi, ladies. Just want to say real quick that you two are bright lights and are so freaking refreshing in all of this 2020 craziness. Okay, I consider myself HSP, which is a highly sensitive person. I really feel every little thing around me, every noise in the souls in my houseplants and my dog's emotions. That sounds woo-woo, but it's the only way I can think to describe it. A few years ago, I think I was 22 at the time, I went to dinner with two friends of mine. We were all in our senior year of college. One of these friends, Leslie, is my best friend in the world. She knows me better than I know me. The other's name was Melissa. The three of us had been super close, but over the course of senior year, both of our relationships with Melissa had become very strained. This will sound like petty girl bullshit, but she was the type of quote-unquote friend who doesn't really want to see you succeed or be happy. So as graduation got closer and Leslie and I got ready to launch, I think she became more and more angry. It doubly sucked because she had and still has everything going for her, but she poured so much energy into being bitter, it totally destroyed our friendship. Anyway, I got out of a night class and walked a few blocks to meet them at a diner. I was in a great mood and genuinely excited to see both of them. They were already in a booth. I sat down and everything was fine for a minute. We were chatting and laughing and somehow we got to talking about our future plans. And Leslie said that her boyfriend had been thinking about grad school in the UK. She said that she would follow him there and that she could potentially see them staying. I just remember looking at the menu when she said this and suddenly being furious And then I said, that's a long plan in the snottiest tone. I remember staring so hard at the picture of a BLT and my mind reeling, thinking and feeling that those were not my words or my feelings. I was staring at that menu picture of the BLT like it could anchor me to this world for real. Leslie was obviously taken aback and tried to backpedal a little bit. And Melissa was silent next to me. A few minutes went by, and Leslie tried to rein in the mood and change the subject, but Melissa had shut down completely, and I was fit to explode, the whole time feeling very confused and, like, invaded, if that makes sense, but still pissed. I finally just shot up out of my seat, announced that I was leaving, grabbed my shit, and marched out of the diner. We hadn't even ordered yet. The second I was outside on the sidewalk, I burst right the fuck into tears. But by the time I'd walked the seven blocks to the subway, I felt fine again. I felt like myself and I was in an all right mood. Like the further away I was, the less upset I felt. Leslie called me late that night. I answered all like, I'm sorry, I don't feel that way. I love you. And she immediately asked me flat out, have you ever thought about whether you might be an empath? She told me that the moment I stepped out, just like I had outside, Melissa burst into tears. She then went on to basically berate Leslie for being so committed to her boyfriend. She accused her of putting her own future aside for his career. 
As a minor aside, I also find the wording of that's a long plan interesting. English isn't Melissa's first language, and I don't think long plan is how I would have phrased that on my own. It sounds a little bit like a translation. Anyway, I've never experienced anything remotely like this since, and Leslie is the only one who's ever believed it. In a snotty voice, that's a long story. Love you both. I promise you won't run out of sinister sightings. I have more to share. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Yes. Intense. Yeah. But I believe that. Especially because y'all were so close. And so you felt exactly what, you know, she was Mm -hmm. feeling. And it just came out through you. And you didn't know how to chant, like how to channeled that energy yet because you didn't think of yourself as an empath. That must be utterly exhausting. I I mean, because I pick up like on energies as far as like if you're anxious or there's a lot of chaos in a room or that kind of thing that I pick up on and it I feed off of, but not, I'm not saying like that, but that is exhausting to me. Yeah. So I cannot even imagine on that level. Right. All right, the next one is Clairvoyant Kids. Hi, new listener here, and episode 65 of Sinister Sightings was the first episode I ever listened to, and I'm in love. BTW, Patrick from True Crime Obsessed sent me. Now, on to the creep. So, for context, I am eight years older than my sister Sutton. You can use our names. In 2015, my technically uncle died His name was Tyler. He was more like a brother because we were only a few years apart and we were both adopted, so we had a lot to bond over. He and I were close in age and were very close, like brother and sister. This becomes important later. However, he and Sutton were never really close because she was really young, almost three when he had died. We didn't really get to see him a lot during the end of his life, Shortly after, me and Sutton ended up sharing a room because my mom decided that her and her twin needed to be separated so they would stop playing in the middle of the night. Literally, within the first week of us sharing a room, she started doing this weird head-banging thing. She would literally bang her head on the floor to fall asleep. Weird, I know. I still don't understand. Then she started waking up in the middle of the night and talking to her imaginary friend named Brother. This would become a nightly thing. Then it became during the day. She would always talk and play with Brother. At first, I was just weirded out, but then I was like, she's three and just has an active imagination. But this continued for years. As I got older and got into spooky things, this started creeping me out, and it would keep me up at night. So I ended up moving into the basement. She's now eight and still occasionally talks to brother. He never hurt her or scared her. However, now as I look back, I realize the dates match up exactly, and the fact that younger kids are more sensitive to spirits and ghosts I'm convinced that brother was actually Tyler watching over us and was always there for not only me, but for the rest of us because he didn't want a relationship with the younger ones. It just didn't work out that way. And Sutton is a clairvoyant in the making and was able to interact with his spirit. Anyways, 
this was probably way too long, so feel free to cut it down. But thanks for reading and keep up the amazing podcast. Lots of love, L. Oh my gosh. First of all, I love the name Sutton. The only other time I've ever heard that is there's a new character. I say character. She's a real human on uh, Real Housewives. Her name is Sutton and she is very rich. But anyway, that's the only time I've ever heard of someone else with the name Sutton and I freaking love it. I don't like brother. That creeps me out. Yeah. Like, well, it creeps me out when people call people that stuff. Yeah, I don't like that. But who Have you like... Okay, so Sutton's eight now. Can you like poke the bear a little bit? Like <laughs> like ask her, be like, Sutton, tell me tell me more about brother. Like what's brother look like? Yeah. Like she's old enough now where you could probably like ask her some questions and get some more information. Yeah. So I'm gonna need you to do that, L. <laughs> ask some questions. But it totally makes sense though that it would be Tyler. Yeah. But that's a long time for him to hang around too though. Or is it? I don't know. What do I know? Hell if I know. All right, the next one. Hey, girls, still loving every second of the pod, and I'm so happy to send my stories to people who appreciate them. This is more true crime and is being told from my grandmother's point of view. Trigger warning, it's about dangerous levels of stalking. Like, you'll see, but this story still terrifies me to my core. So my grandmother met my pappy while he was serving in the military. They went on to get married, and he adopted her four kids from her first marriage. I believe after a couple of years, my grandmother took guardianship of my mother. Odd family tree that is too confusing to get into. Well, after that, she started feeling like she was being watched and followed. Then the calls started. He called when she was home and would tell her he was going to torture and kill her. Another call her dad picked up and he explained how he was going to lay my grandmother out in an all-black dress with black roses in her coffin for them to find. He repeatedly called different hours of the night and learned her schedule and my grandfather's. Mind you, my grandfather was in the military stationed around the world. He arrived home early one day to surprise my grandmother and the phone rang. It was him. When my grandfather answered, the reply was, what the hell are you doing home? He would also break into her house. Across the U.S., she'd come home to find her screens slashed and windows opened. Terrified for her children, she would call the police for them to say no one was in there, so nothing could be done. Once, my grandmother had walked down to a neighbor's house while my mom watched her. On her trek back, mind you, just a couple of houses down, my mom started screaming for her to run, that there was a man behind her and gaining. She sprinted for the house and made it just in time. He also sent black roses to her house, and he would say he would have dozens of them for her funeral. And then, out of nowhere, it stopped. He vanished. Now, I don't wish this on many people, but I truly hope he is in the deepest parts of hell to experience everything he did. This impacted my grandmother until her passing. Her kids weren't allowed to walk home from school, couldn't go anywhere without her knowing, couldn't be in after-school activities or other activities. This carried over to me as well since I lived almost full-time with her and my grandfather. I'm forever for bringing down the gavel on stalking and terrorizing people for personal gain. Again, I love the pod, and I hope this was well-written. I wish my grandma was still around so I could tell the full story to you all. Creep it real, Amber. Wow. 
I wonder what happened to him. Like, did he go to jail for something else? Did he die? Did he move away? Who, right. Who the fuck was he? That's right. Who was he? Oh, my gosh. She never got closure. He still haunted her because she never knew who he was. Because it just fucking stopped. Which, I mean, does it usually? Like, I feel like it usually escalates in some way. I mean, but for her, it did, though. I mean, he was fucking chasing her. Yeah. And yes, all those kids that couldn't, like, do after-school activities and all of that, that's so not fair. I mean, completely understand the, the reasoning and not saying yeah. it should have happened that way, but... He took their he took freedom, the, too. Yes, that's not fair that he did that to them, is what I mean. Yeah. That's so scary. Especially because back then there were there was really, like, no recourse. I mean... The stalking laws, even now, are still shit. I mean, imagine back then. Right. Okay, this one is called Visits from My Brother. Hey, ladies. I don't have a freaky-deaky story or an ambient story, but I think it's still worth sharing. Two years ago, when I was 19, my oldest brother, Keith, who was 25, was shot and killed by a coward who didn't want to fight him with fists, but with a gun. Since then, I've had a few visitation dreams I'd like to share. In one dream, we were sitting by a pond, and I was hugging him all over and checking his chest and torso for bullet holes. He looked puzzled and kept telling me he's okay. I told him, no, you aren't. You don't know what happened. He obviously did not realize what had happened to him. I told him he had been shot, and he just gulped really big and hugged me and said he was okay. I honestly think this was my brother and he was reassuring me he felt nothing from the gunfire. I have dreams here and there of him just letting me hug him. They happen when I'm really struggling with his death. I'm sorry this story isn't scary, but I thought it was sweet and wanted to share. Thank you ladies for helping me through my depression with your humor. Keep it up. Dana from Texas. Oh, no, I love that story. That is 100% Keith coming to say hey and to give you comfort and to let you know that he's okay. 100% agree. That was such a sweet story. No, yeah, I'm glad you very sweet. I, I love that story. Share more of those stories. Yeah, it does not have to be freaky deaky or anything like that. that that's the perfect story to share. Can we say that one more time? <laughs> that's the perfect story to share. <laughs> okay, this one is Grandpa Ghost? Question mark. My husband had a pharmacy rotation four hours away in NOLA. I was living alone for two months. I kept seeing things in the corner of my eye. I also kept smelling cologne. I had no candles, wallflowers, anything. I cracked it up to being in my head. Some friends visited and randomly told that they kept getting whiffs of cologne. I lost my breath because that means it's real. They helped me pinpoint the smell. It was my grandfather's cologne who died two years ago. Funny thing is, he was a Pentecostal preacher and didn't believe in ghosts. So was he looking out for me or was it something else? I don't know, but it stopped when my husband moved home. What? Wow. What? I bet he was looking out for you. And that's hilarious that he didn't believe in ghosts. And it's like, well, shit. Might as well protect her while I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. The next one is called Wallpaper Dreams. Hi, Donna and Carrie. Here's a sinister sighting story for y'all. 
I found your podcast last summer when I was remodeling my kitchen, and I enjoy the hell out of it. I love your humor, and you ladies have the best laughs in podcast land. I just love it when you get each other going. Here's my story. Picture it. St. Louis in the early 80s, married one little girl and another on the way. We lived upstairs left in a 1920s four-family flat. Kind of a shotgun affair with rooms in a line from front to back. I worked nights now and then, and when I did, I would sleep in the back bedroom during the day as it was quiet there. During one of my weeks working on the night shift, my grandfather passed away suddenly. At the time, I hadn't lost anyone close to me before, and his death hit me pretty hard. On the second day after he passed, I was sleeping in the back room. My grandpa came to me in my dreams. I didn't know about such things at the time, but it was the classic visitation story. He appeared to me and told me not to be so sad and that I shouldn't worry. He was in a better place and at peace. Needless to say, it was a great comfort to me, and I picked myself up and carried on. Now, I told you that story to tell you this one. I think that maybe Grandpa's visit shook something loose or made it easier for others to contact me because not long afterwards, I had a dream experience that was quite different and it occurred twice. In the dream, I was lying on the bathroom floor, which was the next room over from where I was sleeping. I'm lying on the floor, but I'm not me. I'm an elderly woman. I'm looking out of her eyes, so to speak. I can see the white hextile floor, the clawfoot tub, and the wallpaper above the sink. The wallpaper stood out to me. It was a dark gray background with water lilies and large wading birds with long plume-like feathers. It was just so odd and so distinctive to me. Looking to one side, I can see blood on the floor next to my head, and somehow I know that there's blood on the back of my head as well. Somehow I know that the woman has fallen in the bathroom, hitting her head, and she's either dead or near death. Everything was just so realistic and so disturbing that I woke up, and as you might imagine, I had a hard time going back to sleep. I'm not one for having, or at least remembering, a lot of crazy dreams, but this one happened again some days later, and the scenario and the surroundings were identical. It was a freaky experience, and I didn't know what to make of it, but life went on and time passed, and I didn't have the dream again. Fast forward around a year or so, and my wife and I were doing some renovations to the bathroom, a fresh coat of paint, and so forth. We decided to replace the wallpaper, and I knew, I just knew what I would find when I began stripping it away. Underneath was another layer of wallpaper with a dark gray background with water lilies and plumed wading birds. Oh my gosh. It's been nearly four decades, and nobody from the other side has stepped into my dreams since, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Thanks, and I'll tell y'all another sometime. Creep it real, ladies. Mikey P. Whoa. Holy fuck. I would have, like, chills all over when, you know, like, when you tear that strip down and you see it. Oh, God. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's wild. And, like, how would you know that was underneath there? Like You wouldn't. Yeah. 
Ooh. Wow. I mean, also, how do you know what plume-like feathers are? (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is the last one. I just want to let you know that I absolutely love your show. I stumbled upon it two weeks ago through Spotify, and I have been hooked ever since. I listen to the show every day while working, and it helps keep me sane. You two have such great personalities and know how to keep the podcast super entertaining. Now let's move on to what everyone came here for. I have two stories, one of which is a ghost, question mark, maybe, but the second one involves a Ouija board. Oh, shit. To start off, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte by the name of Ranlow. The town has a population of about 3,600 people now, which is significantly higher than when I was growing up. The town has a single red light at the end of town, and that's about it. The town itself has six churches, if I recall correctly, the biggest one being a Southern Baptist church that I grew up in. Good God. Literally. (laughs) My grandma has gone to this Baptist church for most of her life, and I started going in 2001. It's easy to remember when I started attending because it was right after the sanctuary burned down. The fire was due to a malfunction of the heater in the baptismal. They rebuilt the sanctuary not long after, and it's incredibly beautiful. But there is this three-story part of the building that's still standing from when it was constructed in 1957. The three-story building is an educational building filled with lots of different classrooms. My grandma, grandpa, mom, and uncle all lived in a house together directly beside the church when my mom was about five years old or so. My grandma has told me many stories of the house being haunted, from seeing figures move throughout the house at night while everyone's asleep, to things being moved around with no explanation of how it happened. My knowledge of the house is very limited, mainly because my grandmother doesn't care to talk about it too much. I learned recently that a friend of mine's mother-in-law used to live in the same house not long after my family lived there and experienced the same things. The house was torn down before I was even born. The main reason for including this part of the story is to explain the strange things that were seen at the church from this house. Throughout the middle of the night, you could see shadowy figures moving by the windows of the educational building and also experience random lights turning on and off throughout the night. Fast forward to around 2004 or so, and my dad had become the youth pastor at this church, so I started to spend a lot of time there. There were about 10 people, including myself, there one weekday evening to help set up for VBS, Vacation Bible School. Everyone was down in the new sanctuary when my mom asked for me and one of my best friends, Thor, yes, his name is actually Thor, to run up to the educational building to pick up something that we needed for downstairs. We took off without a care in the world and took the elevator up to the educational building. As we walked down the main hall of the second floor, we got maybe a third of the way down the hall when we suddenly heard footsteps above us on the third floor. This creeped us out because we were only about 10 years old at the time and knew everyone else was downstairs. We started walking faster down the hall when all of a sudden we began to hear a piano play from upstairs. We stopped in our tracks. The notes being played were far from being beautiful. I wouldn't have even considered it music. It was quite awful, honestly. But I wasn't going to tell the spirit that. The playing lasted for maybe five seconds at most. 
And when the plane stopped, Thor and I decided to go upstairs to make sure no one was playing a trick on us. The building has two staircases, one at each end of the hall. We each went to one end of the hall and moved up at the same time to see if anyone was there. We searched every single room throughout the third floor and no one else was there. I have been in that church many times after, but have never had another experience like that. My second story starts in 2015. I was active duty military at the time and lived in Georgia, but decided to take a week of leave and come home. Me and another one of my best friends, Nick, decided to hang out one night. My cousin and one of her friends had come over to my parents' house to hang out since there wasn't much to do in my town. My cousin's friend and her parents lived in a haunted house at the time and have had many experiences with the paranormal, so needless to say, we loved to talk to her and ask her about them. That night, she had taught me a lot about Ouija boards and how they worked. Since then, we have made plenty of trips to different creepy places, including cemeteries to use one and see what kind of experiences we could have. Now for the part of the story that made me never touch a Ouija board again. Fast forward about a year from when I first learned about using one, my friend Nick and I decided to go to Brookside Elementary one night to see what would happen. I had heard many stories about this school being haunted while growing up, from seeing shadows in the hall at night to hearing screaming in the woods nearby. I called up my cousin and asked if her and her friend wanted to tag along, and of course they were down for it. So we get out to the school and go to the playground out back. There are a few trailers out near the playground that have been added for additional classrooms back when I went there. We decided to get the Ouija board out and start our session. Nick and I were the ones participating while my cousin and her friend just observed. We start asking different questions, and for about two minutes, we're not getting any movement of the planchette. Right when we were about to give up, it started moving very slowly, like eerily slow, much slower than I had experienced it moving. All it spelled out was a single four-letter word, C-O-M-E, come. Once the planchette hit the last letter in that word, a light in one of the trailers flickered on. Oh, hell no. We immediately packed up and got the fuck out of there. So later that night, I was laying on the couch at my parents' place messing with my phone. The only other people at my house were my parents, and they were sound asleep. As I laid there, suddenly the heavy comforter on top of me was ripped off. Not gently tugged or moved. No, it was ripped off of me. I looked around to see if my dad was playing a trick on me, but no one was awake. Just me. That's the end of my two stories. Ever since that night, I have not touched another Ouija board again and have not had any other paranormal experiences since. I have a few more Ouija board stories that were more interesting and intriguing than me nearly shitting my pants. (laughs) One day, I may get around to typing them up and submitting them, but who knows? I like to procrastinate. Thank you for reading my story. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I'm still playing catch up, but look forward to the new episodes when they come out. Creep it real, ladies, and don't get scared. I also want to throw in there that I share a birthday with one of you April the 11th. That's me. That would be Carrie. I mean, you are almost cool being a Leo, but you are right being an Aries. And that is from Devin from North Carolina. Yeah, I don't fucks with the Ouija boards. Mm-mm. I want to now. No. I do. No. <laughs> you can do that with somebody else. No, ma'am. <laughs> no. We're going to get her to do it. No. Yeah, we are. 
No. <laughs> Five minutes later. No. <laughs> Call me a new cow. <laughs> That's how I said it. It really sounded like I was moving. (laughs) Thank you. Also, thank you for your service, Devin. And thank you for your two stories. And look, we know about procrastinating. Hello. That is our middle names, um, if you didn't know. So you share that with both of us. But uh, get to type in those stories because we need them. Carrie's very scared that she's going to run out of stories. I mean, literally, the first story (laughs) mentioned it. But I'm sure you're just like me because we share a birthday. So we know you're not going to type those anytime soon. Prove wrong. Devin goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, these stories were great. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. Y'all don't worry about if they're too long or too short. Y'all just send in your shit. Like, just do your thing. Send them in. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just send them in. That's we love right. them. We love all the things. So, Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.